welcome to another Simple Politics podcast. It's the week of the autumn statement, a week that I found completely confusing, but thankfully I have the brilliant Tatn and Diane here with me to make sure that we can all understand it better. Tatn and Diane, how are you? Oh, we're, we're up to our neck in autumn statement calculations. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Drawing on my GCSE maths. Um. <laughs> oh, shut up. Your maths is a lot you better do, than You that. used to do comms for a finance company, right? And then, You're our money expert. Yeah. You're like, oh, no, I can hardly do it. Yeah. You're, you're brilliant yeah. at this stuff. There's a lot of Google involved. <laughs> at least you know what to Google. Jokes, like, jokes. Yeah. You are. I've, got a friend, yeah. I've got a friend who, who whenever I see him, just takes takes the mick out of SP mm-hmm. saying you just cut and paste from the BBC. Why is that even a job? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, we do more than that. Well, sometimes, occasionally, we do more than that. <laughs> we always do more than that. We never play. Drugs. We always do. We, 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 of course, we always do more than that. Um, yeah, you go for it, Tatton. Go on. Well, I was just going to say, if you are enjoying this podcast and it's got off to a heck of a start. <laughs> um, <laughs> You might like to know that we are recording an extra bonus episode, uh, and uh, that's going to go to our Patreon members, to our people. I think the five pounds a month tier of Patreon, which is like one pound an episode, if you think about it, or even if you don't think about it, it's it's roughly that. Mm. Um, and, <laughs> and if you don't and do the maths, and and then you get an extra extra every month. Every month you get to hear us. Mm. chatting more which is i think what everyone wants um, <laughs> i'm so bad at selling things um no uh we're gonna have a bit of a deep dive into 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 what's yeah. going on we're gonna talk uh about elections i think mm, and we're gonna talk definitely. about how we're shaping up we're gonna talk about when the election might be mm. um i saw someone on telly say april uh, I think that he was he was he it was like he was like an MP, but I think he was just trying to be contrary. Um, anyway, I'm not going to say anything more about it now because otherwise I'll have nothing to say in the extra podcast, and the extra podcast just me go. I've said everything, and that no one wants that. So sign up for the Patreon, and you get a deep election cut on Monday. Yes, so Patreon backers, you can look forward to that or dread it. Well, either way, you know. But it will be yeah. with you on Monday. So let's get on with the podcast. So it's time to look at the top posts of this week. So, Tatten, what has been our third most popular post of the week? The third most popular post of the week was about International Men's Day. Um, I didn't didn't realise it was coming, and then it was it was on Sunday, and I saw a thing about it online Mm. and i just wanted to write about international men's day because it's not as famous or as big as international women's day and i think there's very good reasons for that but it is important to highlight the difficulties that there are for men suicide is the biggest cause of death for men under 45 the expectations are expectations of machismo are real I use the term toxic masculinity in 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 the letter because it's something that I feel mm. quite strongly the the expectation I'm not a macho guy 
but I certainly feel feel that. In fact, I'm very open about my mental health issues. Mm-hmm. I've been in something of a depression hole since September. It's it's been pretty bad. I cry a lot. And these are things that are seen as not very manly. Like like I spoke to oh, uh, I don't know how person I spoke to a family member mm-hmm. about a funeral, and he was telling me that it was really emotional. It was, it was, this is the moment when they were lowering the body into, into the ground. And he said, it was very emotional. I didn't cry. Mm. And then carried on with the story. It's like, what? Mm. Why tell? I mean, what, what? And like, you know, he's a good man. He's a good man, this guy. But, but he was saying, why, you know, and, and for me, that, that is toxic masculinity. Now, uh, people on the post were saying that it makes people feel like victims when they shouldn't be victims. They had reasonable, you know, ground, reasonable grounds for not liking the term. And that's, and that's okay. And, uh, you know, I, I said, I wrote a comment on it trying to say, we'd like, I use that term because it means something to me, mm. but we can debate whether I'm perpetuating something. We can talk about that, but yeah, like just, just, just talk, just men don't talk enough. And that's a huge generalization, but it's also yeah. self-evidential. Yeah. Um, so let's talk and let's 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 celebrate. Let's let, let, yeah, let's celebrate International Men's Day to understand the issues that that men are facing. I didn't expect it to be a, to be in the top post this week. Yeah. I just came to came to the office and had a little little type away of some thoughts. Yeah, that's mm. in a three. Brilliant. And so Diane. What was our second most popular post of the week? Okay, second most popular post. If you were thinking of grabbing a sleeping bag and camping outside Curry's or PC World, if they still exist, yeah. or anywhere tonight. I've got my thumbs. <laughs> Just reevaluate your life plans because, what? as it turns out, Black Friday deals aren't all they've cracked up to be um what? What? i don't believe you yeah i, I know so shocked i know but don't take it from me take it from the lovely people at which who did like our post and said thank you for mm-hmm. sharing so that's pretty amazing um <laughs> big fans though i know big fans. big fans and we're big fans of their research because they've done it all they've crunched the numbers and said that actually throughout the year things are cheaper than they will be today if you're listening on Friday um so don't be fooled don't get into that kind of cycle of needing to buy and actually this week I've watched again um you might have seen it it's doing the rounds it's it's Martin Lewis money money saving expert guy who does his plea about not buying gifts for the sake of it and falling into that trap of where we need to and then almost by giving someone something you then force them to have to reciprocate and it's all this big spiral and yeah it leaves some people really stressed and in debt over the Christmas season and it's a good watch if you haven't seen it because he he makes some really good points there um you love him so much I actually always do. talk about him always, you, you think he's amazing <laughs> I do he's right him and Joe Wicks are my two favorites <laughs> <laughs> so, um but 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 Joe Wicks does love us Joe Wicks oh, called us legends yeah well there yeah. you go there you go that's worth a hit workout I'll put that in my plan for today (laughs) but the last time we spoke about black friday a couple of weeks ago because we did mention it 
And we were wondering where the term came from. And I've tried to find out, but it's very vague and very murky. Like no one's entirely sure. It's just been rebadged as this big commercial thing. But apparently the first time it was used in the 1950s was in factories. Um, They called it Black Friday because so many people phoned in sick the Friday after Thanksgiving in the US. So... Yeah, but no, it's just turned into a spend-a-thon, which is, uh, yeah. At this point, I need to talk about SP stuff because mm-hmm. we absolutely need to sell things. Like, I mean, we're talking about about the Patreon because we need to keep this podcast up and running. We need to, we need to be able to justify all, the three of our time. But selling through our shop is incredibly important mm. in keeping SP afloat. It's a large part of our of our funding. And uh, we're not doing a Black Friday. Well, we are doing a Black Friday deal today because other people are murky and not very transparent, whereas we believe in honesty. So we are putting our prices up today. Everything costs £2 more. Black Friday special. Um, If you don't fancy that, if you want a deal to get it at the original price, which is what the that other people do, then you can use the token, the the coupon only a tenner. Um, stick only a tenner in on the on the, the the bit where you stick the thing in, and and your things will only cost a tenner. I did laugh and when I when when you said, "Oh, we're going to put prices up," I was like, oh, "Are we?" <laughs> mm-hmm. But you know, we're not like everyone else, are we? So. We are not, you, Diane, are not like everybody else. <laughs> We're just so funny, you know, mm. when everyone else yeah. sigs, we zag. Exactly, yes. Yeah, good us go. Yeah. So yeah, spstuff.co.uk if you want to get Pay some more. good stuff. Or if you're not listening on Friday, it'll be back to normal prices, but you can always leave us a tip. So that's, you know, you can basically pay what you want, mm-hmm. um, as long as it's over a tenner. And if you back us on Patreon for over £10 a month, then you get a 10% discount on everything in the shop. So there we go. Oh, that's Black Friday. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's like Black Friday every day. Oh, my goodness. If you're a Patreon backer. I know. Goodness me. And you get to hear extra us. Yeah. Yes. Oh, you get so many things, it, honestly. Mm. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Anyway, <laughs> before this just turns into one... Massive ad, yeah. (laughs) Let's move on to the top post of the week, Tatton. Well, the top post of the week was uh, the new national living wage. Mm. Uh, It's gone up. It's gone up to um, eleven pounds forty-four. I think it was was previously announced it was going to be eleven pounds. It's got to eleven pounds forty-four. It's like one pound twenty an hour extra. So if you work, you know, thirty hours a week, that's like an extra thirty-five quid in your bank account. At the, at, at the end like now this may be i don't i don't know the economics here but it may be just keeping the the the, the keeping it at the same purchasing power and we've certainly got today the 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 energy price caps gone up mm. by 90 pounds i mean it's always this this average family which doesn't exist of 90 pounds so so whatever um so there are more bills to pay mm. so it might not feel all that much more but when this comes in in the spring one month you will have 30 quid a week let's say more than you did the month before and if that means you can 
go around the supermarket and spend an extra tenner in the supermarket, that's great. I think that's great. And it will apply now from 21. Previously, if you're 21 or 22, you had a slightly lower rate. I mean, the idea of that is that businesses will take people on. People will hire young people more if they're a bit cheaper. But I think 21 and 22 was quite, yeah, quite a punchy quite age. Yeah. I mean, you, mm-hmm. can, you can certainly have a family to look after mm-hmm. at that point. You can certainly, you know, all kinds of different things. So I think that's a good move to move it down. It's nice it's going up. It's not quite where the actual living wage, there's a campaign group mm-hmm. called something like that. And uh, it's not where they would have it. And some companies sign up mm-hmm. to the... Yeah, uh, real, living wage. The actual, real living wage. Real living wage. There we go. Um, some companies sign up for that and pay their people more, mm-hmm. which is, you know, and, and that the real living wage includes London waiting, mm. which is really yeah. important because the national living wage doesn't. And your living wage money, your minimum wage money, doesn't go as far in London as it does outside London. And I know the other cities, Birmingham, Manchester, you know, they're, 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 they are also more expensive, but London is the most expensive. Yeah. London's on yeah. another level. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, it's nice. The issue with it is that small businesses mm. are struggling to make ends meet and now they have to pay their staff extra yeah that's true and that's difficult. yeah that's really difficult and I, I think a few small businesses even were in our com- comments to that effect um i mean maybe we'll get on to budget in a bit but maybe there is some relief for businesses so hospitality retail those kind of businesses that would have potentially a lot of younger people working for them will have their business rate relief that that's keeping on for another year so that's maybe a good I thing think but it's all like giving and taking away beauty, isn't it like beauty <laughs> beauty parlors mm. I, is that the term like and hairdressers salons. And, there's we a call lot them salons of s- <laughs> salons yes that sounds like an odd word. Um, but like there's a lot of there's a lot of young people on minimum wage working in yeah, those places. Yeah. And those places are working on profit margins that are mm. paper thin. And these are places that are really important to our high streets. Mm. Mm. Um because service industry, you can't buy it online in the same way. So I just it's worth raising because obviously obviously people being paid more is good. Yeah. But it's but got it, to come from it does somewhere. Cause problems. Yeah. It's got to come from somewhere. It's also quite expensive for the government because mm. the government employ a lot of people on minimum wage. The TAs and healthcare assistants and like the the backbone of most of our public services comes from, I mean, the care, care industry, like the backbone of so many of our, our public services are on that wage. So that's going to, that's going to be a big bill for the government. Mm. Right. Well, let's move on to the second section of the episode. Uh, This is the mailbag. So this is your opportunity to ask us any questions. And this week, to start off, we had some very similar questions from Nick and Aidan. Do you think they're friends? No. Maybe they are. No. I'm saying no. How do you know? (laughs) 
I like. I, I'm, I'm imagining Nick and Aiden hanging out <laughs> and compared notes, and then just both. Wrote what, it. what are we going to ask? Yeah. Well, let's okay. come up with a question, and they workshopped it together, and then they <laughs> both kind of got in touch, and they like they've they've really. I mean, to be honest, Nick and Aiden, your workshopping and collaboration hasn't worked very well at all. So, I think you need to have a long, hard think about your friendship. <laughs> Anyway, uh, what is us? How do you not feel rubbish when there seems to be no light in politics at the moment? And the other asks, when so many terrible things are happening, how do you cope? Discuss. Whoa. I think we cope together. Yeah, big question. And, and, and it's true, but it's not the first time we've probably been asked that because we mm. went through the whole COVID thing, didn't we? Simple politics. Mm. So and, and people asked it a lot then, you know, like how can you write about this stuff and how can you yeah and and uh, yeah and the news is scary and distressing so and grim. yeah so grim yeah grim but yeah you're right we we do get through it together and just yeah we have a like direct we use a thing called slack like a direct mm. messaging thing it could be like whatsapp could be anything but but that we we use we slack and we just we just chat all day, and that really helps. Like we don't, we've hardly ever met up, but we've been a team for a long time now, and and we help each other get through it. And it is, you know, it's it's massively bleak, and it's sad and terrifying, and when you're reporting on the misery of real people it's hard but we also try and keep it light as much as we can we do a lot of laughing mm -hmm. but yeah i mean it's it's tough but we we get through together and the less wholesome answer is chocolate alcohol screaming into the void absolutely <laughs> <laughs> like like a combination yeah yeah <laughs> like i like what, what 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 i talk about a lot is um uh love talking and medicine are the three things mm -hmm. um that i prescribe when people say they're tough and the word medicine can mean a lot of things like mm. it can mean chocolate it can mean a stiff gin it can mean the handfuls of prescription drugs that i have to take every night you know watching an episode of your favorite tv show anything that mine are very food based <laughs> I'm not gonna... i mean Doctor Who. Doctor Who's back this weekend. Yes. So yes. That's, um, yeah. I'm good. super excited for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And... Um, Is the next question a really light one? No. Oh. Afraid not. Um, I'm going to ask these two together as well, because they're on the same mm. topic, so we can discuss them together. Um, so Nussie asks... My question for this week's podcast is why does it seem so hard to agree for a complete ceasefire as well as end the apartheid occupation from Israel? Don't all humans have the same rights and to, to live with dignity? And Rebecca asks, why did so many MPs not vote for a ceasefire? Okay, um, I'm going to take this one to start with and then, and then Diane, I'm sure you'll want to chip in. The reason that people didn't vote for a ceasefire and so... I said I'm going to take this and now I'm uh, stumbling around trying to work out where to start on it. Apartheid occupation from Israel that Nussi refers to has been because, well, I mean, it, 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 the human rights, like the UN 
say it's rubbish and needs to stop now. And everyone agrees with that. Everyone agrees we need a two-state solution, a real, genuine two-state solution. But we need to get there. And on October the 7th, the things that Hamas did in Israel were, without shadow of a doubt, horrific. And it was an attack on Israel. And they have said they want to do it again. So Israel needs to, this is how the argument goes, they need to defend themselves. They need to get rid of Hamas so that that threat of October, a repeat of October the 7th can be removed. If we have a ceasefire right now, Hamas stay in place. And Israel cannot stop until Hamas are defeated. Which is why so many people are calling for a pause. Stop fighting now. Let's get the aid in. Let's get the injured out. Let's do this. Let's do that. And then you can carry on in your battle to defeat Hamas. Now that's a rubbish compromise because yes, people in Gaza will die. And Israel say, this is a war. There hasn't been a war in history where civilians haven't died. This is not on us. This is on Hamas. Hamas chose this war, not us. We are simply defending ourselves. So that's why lots of MPs aren't calling for a ceasefire. That's why, I mean, so so, so Nessie also ends her question, their question on don't all humans have the same rights and to live with dignity, and of course they do. Of course they do. I mean, the the the, the pause argument says that the Israeli people cannot live with that fear of attack, where Hamas completely, out of nowhere, killed and raped and tortured and took hostages and did all of those things. The argument for a ceasefire is really obvious and really easy. People are dying. Let's stop doing that. And then we can talk and then we can work out a two-state solution from here. Do it nicely. You know, have free and fair elections, which they haven't had for a long time. Hamas did win the last election in Palestine, but they were a very different organization. They were talking a very different game back then, and they haven't allowed any elections since then. Hamas are the enemy of the Palestinian people as much as they're the enemy of the Israeli people. So what everybody wants is to have the Palestinians, give the Palestinians free and fair elections, set up the two-party, two-party, two-state solution, keep them separate, everybody, all humans have the same rights and to live with dignity, as Nancy says... How we get there is very much disagreed upon. Oh, and all and everyone's condemning Israel the way that Israel are doing it. Mm-hmm. Like, and and that's why Israel have stopped and saying they will allow a pause because of public pressure onto it. So, so American, especially American, but also it's in Qatar they've been negotiating and pressure has worked on Israel. 
to allow more aid, but they they say they will come back and 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 committed to to attacking Hamas. That's that's a long answer from me. Um, is there anything you'd like to add? No, I think that's um, I think that's really well explained in in terms of the positions of both sides of the arguments. And of course, it it goes without saying that that Rishi Sunak and Keir Starmer support the position of of Pauls at the moment for those reasons, and and just everyone just hopes for for peace and some kind of solution. It's what everyone wants. Everyone. I think I think it might be important to add that the Pauls solution that not solution, but uh, that Starmer and Sunak are calling for is a step on the way to a ceasefire. They want a ceasefire ultimately. Yep. It's what they can do now. I think that's that's something that a lot of people misunderstand. They think that they don't want a ceasefire. They do. It, it's just they see the humanitarian pauses as a step in that right direction. It's not they don't want a ceasefire altogether. Yeah, I mean, you do what you can do immediately, right? Yeah, exactly. So I think that's just something that's been misunderstood generally. I think it just, I mean, on on that, if the, because um, Rebecca wants to know about MPs not voting mm. for a ceasefire. Yeah. If the House of Commons had voted for a ceasefire, mm-hmm. the, Israel, the Israeli would just, just wouldn't listen to, like, there'd be no, we would lose our seats at the table. Mm. Because because Israel would not listen to us. Yeah. Now that's not a, necessarily a reason not to take a principled stand, because you could you'd certainly argue mm. that it, that we stand for what's right, whether whatever happens. But that's another reason why they they didn't. Yeah, and this is why diplomacy is notoriously tricky. So let's move on to the third section of the podcast, which this week is Chancellor Watch. Uh, so we're recording this on Thursday. Uh, it's a day after the Chancellor, Jeremy Hunt, delivered his autumn statement. So what happened, guys? Explain it to us. I'm going I'm to do the headlines. Yeah. And then Diane, I think you should do the, the figures because it's, yes. it's a bit mathsy for she me. She knows what she's um, talking about. <laughs> Yes. yes, yes, that's exactly it. Um, but on the politics of it, not the, not the, like mm. we have managed to find a little bit of fiscal headroom because inflation is down mm-hmm. and the country is not doing as badly as was predicted. Um, and when you've got a few billion spare, it's a political choice. Do you spend a few billion more on schools? on the NHS? Mm -hmm. Do you spend a few billion more on giving people tax cuts, which, which means that everybody's got a little bit more money in their pocket and they choose how to spend it rather than the government choosing how to spend it? Do you spend it on foreign aid? Do you spend... So it's almost more of a headache having a bit of extra cash because what are you going to do with it? And, and Jeremy Hunt's kind of cutting taxes kind of uh with it um he's certainly not he's certainly choosing to to not spend it on public public services services. yeah 
Mm, He's yeah. choosing to do it in taxes. And at this point, I'm going to hand over to Diane. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, um, if we look at the things he he uh, announced yesterday, the, the biggest one probably, it wasn't a rabbit out of a hat, was it? It wasn't like, woo, you know, no one was popping champagne corks when, when we watched this. But he did... Although there was a freeze on, a freeze on alcohol oh, duty till August, well, so... There we go. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, he said he would not just buy 1%. He did do a little bit of steergery, didn't yeah. he? Not just buy yeah. 1%, but buy 2%. I'm going to cut national insurance, the mean bit, from from 12 to 10%. And I think the big thing on this is he said it won't be from April, which is usual. I'm bringing it to January. So I want you to feel the benefit in the new year and have this, you know, extra um, bit. Now, if you read into this, there's lots of different things. Yes, it it, it is an NI cut. And yes, that's really, people should be saying, yeah, that's great. Any tax cut is a tax cut. Yeah, sure. But there are lots of things at play here. There are things like income tax bans have been frozen for ages. And with inflation, that's created, a, a, you know, a drag. And there are lots of things that means it won't feel like a big windfall, this, will it? Um, especially now we've had the off-gem announcement as well. But it's it's something. NI for self-employed people, that class two bit is scrapped as well. That's quite big news if you've ever done a self-assessment and had to do that. National living wage, we've talked about. That was another big one. And he pre-announced that the night before. So that kind of had all its splash the night before. And then benefits. Now, this one we probably should spend a little bit of time on. So in general, benefits, so you see and other benefits, any any working benefits basically, will rise in April by 6.7%. But he also talked quite in detail about how he was going to get people who were long-term unemployed for health reasons back into work. And... His view is that after 18 months of really intensive support, if you still haven't been able to find a job at that point, you should do some work placements or lose your benefits. So you should keep yourself getting experience, getting your CV up to date, being familiar with working, whether that's working from home or actually going physically out to an office. But keep yourself up to date with practices and work and you know, keep yourself current with all that stuff or or risk losing your benefits potentially. And that's created quite a stir. I think that was probably the, out of the things we posted from the statement yesterday, that's probably the one that people had most to say on. Um, and this is where I come back mm. in because we're talking politics here. Yeah. This is pure conservatism, mm. right? If you absolutely cannot work, of course we will look after you. If we are going, to, we, you know, we're raising benefits or uh, the, the, um, the the traditional way rather than kind of changing it a bit and, and raising them less, we will look after you and give you a basic living if you cannot work. But my God, if you can, you bloody better because we're not spending taxpayers' money in looking after you if you can look after yourself. And that's always been the conservative way. Get on your bicycle and look for a job was a uh, conservative chance. I, I forget. Like, 
That was an actual catchphrase. Was it? That was his, that's that his, was his that's what he said. Yeah. Wow. He, he, he just, I think he said it in a budget mm. or maybe a conference speech or mm. something like that. Get on your bicycle and look for a job. That this is what conservatives want. Mm. They want the smallest possible welfare state. And the way to do that is by moving people onto work. And yesterday he talked specifically about if you can work from home, then mm. let's get your job working from home. If you can't leave the house, let's get your job working from home. You can still work. And that's a ri- that's a new thing. Because mm-hmm. in the past, if, if you've been housebound for whatever disability or whatever reason um, the doctors signed you off as being housebound, it's been assumed that you can't work. Whereas now, and, and this is a small difference because it needs companies who say you can work from home. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, we're talking about a lot of minimum wage jobs mm. is where the, the job center places you. And a lot there aren't many minimum wage jobs that can be done from home. So I think it's going to be quite tricky to find suitable roles for many people but it's just it's it's ideology isn't it it's just saying you should be doing this Mm -hmm. and and we'll see how it plays out what i'm not quite sure what happens if you if you are given the okay to work from home and there's no jobs to work from home that's interesting i mean presumably presumably would you have to work placement from home after 18 months Mm. I don't know what work placement from home there might be. Um, so I think it, it, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I mean, 18 months, let's not forget, almost certainly this government won't be in place in 18 months. So 18 months from now, if we start to see work placements being needed for people who need to stay at home, people who are housebound, then we'll see what the next government presumably will do about it. Mm, absolutely. Interesting, you talk about the conservative ideology coming through his statement, and I don't want to go into this too much because I know we, we'll probably talk about this on our extra pod as well, but the other big thing that conservatives are really keen on is entrepreneur entrepreneurism, I can't even say it, mm. but, you know, and and people going out themselves, like you said, and and starting businesses and trying stuff and there was quite a lot it it wasn't anything we focused on for our sp post but if you're interested do have a look back because there is quite there's quite a large section about helping people who want to get involved in research and development and future technologies and quite a bit around being less harsh on people who do who who make a loss you know you might try different businesses and you might some of them might feel and some of them might be successful and they're very keen on that that kind of try it go for it do it you know and um that came across quite a lot in the second half of his um statement yeah i mean when i when i had my breakdown and couldn't go to work anymore i set up sp mm. and I, I was fortunate enough to be in a position where i could do that without having to apply for benefits or whatever. I was very, very lucky. Um, and it, you know, I know that most people aren't mm. that lucky. Well, if the Chancellor wants a poster boy 
for a success story of trying something out. Yeah, here we go. I mean, a, a good business, a good business doesn't doesn't rely on begging people to buy your stuff at Christmas time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair. But all right. <laughs> Right, let's move on to the final section. It is time for the crystal balls. So what is going to be happening in the next week, Tatten? It's all about the COVID inquiry next week. We've had the civil servants. We've had the scientists. In the next two weeks, it's the MP's turn. It's the people who are in charge of the country making the decisions. We've heard how toxic the environment was there. We've heard how the science wasn't quite followed all the time and and the, uh, again the, how toxic everything was jvt was yesterday talking about jonathan van tam was talking about uh, having to have police protection chris mm. witty had police protection mm. you know and that, that that we've seen backstabbing we've seen all the 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 furious whatsapps matt hancock's being referred to as just a liar he just lied all the time johnson was useless according to various people the next two weeks, the ministers, the former ministers are up. We will hear from Matt Hancock. We will hear from Boris Johnson. We will hear from Rishi Sunak. We're going to hear from all the big, big players. And it is going to be unmissable. Uh, we're recording this on Thursday, and I'm expecting a timetable to come out uh, today on Friday. So if you Google the COVID inquiry, It'll come up. So I, I, yeah, I can't tell you what, who's coming up when right now, but it's going to be incredible to watch and to ha see them held to account for the decisions and the processes and the culture that happened during that period. Yeah. Big, big things to watch. I don't know what oh, I was saying oh, there then. the other big thing, <laughs> the other big thing that's happening next week, I forgot, the other big thing that's happening is that we're going to have a bonus episode on Patreon, <laughs> which is also going to be unmissable. <laughs> oh, my God. forget Taylor Swift. We're dropping yeah. a bonus episode. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, Sean's Diane. version. <laughs> oh, well, 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 Tatten did his own that, what, that wasn't in our notes. So I'm just yeah. <laughs> You do what we're supposed he, he, to say. He you went go his it. own way, so yeah, it's not fine. quite it's as interesting. It, 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 to be fair, his wall's better. But, you know, the next few days, we'll discuss the autumn statement in the Commons, and then the criminal justice bill is in for its second reading on Tuesday. That's up there already. We've posted on this before, but it could be something, you know, it's always interesting when the government's talking crime. So, yeah, uh, let's see what's what's in the full bill when, uh, when we get to see it. Awesome. So another big week next week and we will be back next week to cover it all for you. But that's it for this week. Thank you, Tatn and Diane. Thanks, Charlotte. Thank you. And bye, 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 bye. You just heard a stripped media production.